Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host today. Joining me, as always, we have Whitney Bess. Hello. That was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> it's cold outside, and I'm not a cold person. So. All right. And back <laughs> from his little hiatus slash quarantine slash whatever, Andrew Matrone is back with us in the studio. So good to be back. Aww. Andrew, tell us, why were you gone last week? No, I preached at a church in texas and the lead pastor called me the next day he's like hey so you were talking with someone for a while and turns out they just tested positive for covid (laughs) so i tried to do my part and stay home and wait a few days like get tested i tested negative but man it derails your life when you're like i could have this potentially (laughs) so i can't go to my kid couldn't go to school it was a mess and then of course i tested negative and so yeah, it's that's good. It's tough, but yeah. Okay, so I thought about coming though, just spreading it to you guys. <laughs> Thanks. If man. I give it to anybody, definitely you too. <laughs> well, we're glad that you it. you loved us enough to not yeah. do that. Uh-huh. So last week we kicked off a dating podcast, dating part one, and we kind of focused on sort of this idea of what to do, what to look for in somebody. If you maybe just you you feel like you're ready to date, or you've just sort of dipped your toe into the dating pool of whatever city that you currently live in and are listening to this from. Today, we're going to do a part two where we sort of talk about guidelines for dating well um, and sort of frame it in this idea of what to do kind of once you get into a serious and committed relationship and sort of frame our conversation around that. But before um, we do that, I know I kind of talked to Whitney a little bit last week about some awkward like first dates or something <laughs> like that. I'm kind of curious to hear Andrew's side. Um, he wasn't here with us. Andrew, just off the top <laughs> of your head, what what is the worst date you've ever been on? <laughs> it was there is there a date that just stands, stands out above. of being awkward, uncomfortable? You just couldn't wait to get oh, home. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh. Everyone has the one. <laughs> yeah. Give us that. No, I, I I asked a girl to go on a date, um, and I was like, I, she she was a she was like a figure skater growing up. <laughs> that's, that's really unique. Yeah, that yeah, super. Unique. Yeah, and so I was like, let's go to like the skating room. It'll be fun. She'll enjoy it. Whatever. But, y'all, I'm horrible at that kind of stuff. So we show up, and she goes like zipping out onto the, and I. I step one foot out and I'm I'm doing like the whole like duck walk, you know, yeah. like it, I could not and so so I'm I'm on the side like holding and she's like finally like come on let's just go. And she's like just just hold my hand I'm like okay this is great like this is cute hold. So we're going and I start getting that like my feet start going and my arms start flailing and I'm like if I'm going down she's going down with me. And so I pulled her right down with me. And I was that was wow, it. Andrew. We left. Wow, yeah. Andrew. Chivalry is dead. <laughs> 100%. I'm like, look, forget about this. Like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed, so you'll be too. And yeah, we, we never went out again after that. Was there, do you think her pride? And I've never been on an ice skating rink again. 
Oh. You need to get back out there and conquer yeah. your fears. No. No. You take Selah when she's old enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my daughter. Yeah. Was uh was this girl was she like embarrassed that she that she fell because she was like a oh yeah probably she probably told this story in a totally different light than I did <laughs> probably multiple times. That's that is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. everybody's got one of those first stick awkward. to stick to a dinner yeah yeah, yeah. dinner in a movie seriously Zach's got a couple places he could recommend for you or one place that he might take everybody yeah, who day, knows yeah um, but. Yeah, so we are in a relationship series. We started off uh, with singleness, jumped into dating part one last week, and let's continue our conversation about dating, how to date well as a Christian, and sort of how to frame your relationship once you've found the person that you could potentially see this going the distance with. And so I just kind of want to throw off, throw out a little softball here as we start and just ask this question to get the conversation rolling. If you found the person... It's official. You're exclusive. Um, how do you have a dating relationship that best honors God? Is there anything that you can do specifically to make sure that while you're in this relationship, you date the person well? You you yeah. do this in a good way. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can only speak from my what happened in my point of view, and and, and my serious dating. Um, well, when I first started dating Conrad. Um, I could give you all like the spiritual answers like, oh, yeah, have community, make sure you guys set boundaries, blah, 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 blah. I, which are all good things. I personally. Apparently, you care about them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I personally have felt that um, when me and Conrad started like dating seriously, that I kind of <clears throat> shifted. I never really prayed for my husband. Like, you know, when girls like keep journals, if you do that, that's awesome. I never really did that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just like calling shots right now? I don't know, guys, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Anyways, ladies, um, you do that. It's you do that, great. yeah. yeah. You. But I'm speaking to the girl that maybe that's not your first thing, priority. Anyway, <laughs> I personally, my um, viewpoint shifted in in a way that I started really praying um, for Conrad, for us, for our relationship. I. I just last week, looked back at old journal entries, and it was like really intense, like prayer, um, because I know I had talked to Sam Weckenman actually when we first started dating, and I said, you know, I've always really wanted to build a life of ministry, and at the time, Conrad was working in corporate finance and um, graduated from Gonzaga, and that was like his in finance and degree, and everything lined up in that way for him. <clears throat> And I just was like, I, this seems like a disconnect. And I think I found a really awesome person that I think I could build my life with. But there's this one thing, one part that just doesn't seem to, um, I don't know, like I, I couldn't see it. And um, Sam was like, well, just start praying about it. And from that moment, I started praying like, God, like if this is a relationship that's right and that I yeah. should marry, I started praying like, <clears throat> would you forge our paths together? And that takes time. Like, I think that as Christians dating, you kind of want it to be like split second, this awe, wonder, I made this decision, God wrote it in the stars. And for me, it took like some time to watch God and his like unique way, bring Conrad into ministry, bring myself into ministry, forge our paths together. And then we got married. So I think for... If you're in a relationship, I would just like challenge, like, what are you praying about right now? Okay. Like, what are you asking God for? So you think 
Prayer is really important. Prayer is super important. Honoring God, anything you can do to make sure, like, it helps you date well. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's, like, a line where uh, I, I there, there there's such, like, cliches around, like, we do, like, our quiet times together and, and pray together. Do you think that boundaries like that or standards like that are good and helpful? Or do you yeah. think that they're a little, like, played out a little bit, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that everybody's very different. Yeah. I think that a lot of relationships operate very, very differently. And I think that one thing I've seen, like the question, the original question is like, how, how do I have a dating relationship that honors God? The reality is, is two very godly people can have yeah. a very ungodly relationship. Mm-hmm. And also the, the other side is true is two people who aren't godly at all can actually have a, a relationship that actually would be would be honoring to God in, mm-hmm. in certain ways. And I, I just think that that we have to be careful as like just because I'm dating a Christian who loves the Lord. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of couples who will come to young adults or come to church, worship God, have a moment with God, and then go hook afterward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like do something that's so so I think that for for a lot of people, I think that you, you have to have um conversations around around boundaries. I, I think that that's it's really important. I think that it's okay to bring other people yeah. into those conversations, people that, like, you trust, may- maybe, like, a married couple. or um, It's never too early, I think, to allow people into mm-hmm. your relationship that, that you know and that you trust. But I, I do think that having conversations around what boundaries will look like, and, and it keeps you guys accountable to those kind of things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think every, everybody is a little bit different, but it's – yeah, it, it's it's just it's important to start out your relationship with I think some level of yeah. vision and understanding. Yeah, where we where we stand. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think like having a vision for your relationship that can sound so cliche and like corny, but I think it's true. Like, who do you want to be, and what kind of marriage relationship do you want to have? Mm-hmm. Because I think that you kind of set the precedent to if you build standards, if you have standards and you have boundaries and certain things, but you're always crossing those. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're only setting up a pattern for yourself mm-hmm. to continue on in that in marriage. Right. And, th- and they'll continue on in other ways. Yeah. Like they, they may not continue on sexually because now now you're married. So that's a that's a boundary that's able to be not crossed, but it's a, enjoyed. Something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. But but th- those those certain levels of lack of discipline might come into how you guys engage in arguments or mm-hmm. your finances. You know, yeah. Or, so, yeah, I, yeah. so like we talked about in a couple of weeks ago when we kicked this whole thing off is like self-discipline and self-control before marriage, I think leads to self-discipline and self-control once, once you're in, in a relationship. Yeah. 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 So if you find yourself in a relationship and you want to honor God, I think kind of like what Whitney and, um, what Andrew are saying is pray about it. Like take it before God. Don't make it like a separate thing of like I have my relationship with God and I have my relationship right. with this person. Like both should affect your life. And so pray about it and then have boundaries, have standards, and stick to them because like like we just said, if you're constantly crossing over your boundaries and your standards, you're only setting that up as a habit yeah. to, to come into your relationship in some other way, shape, or form down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I, I I have a question. This kind of maybe derails our entire uh, <laughs> our entire podcast, but I, I think this is a question that that people ask, and I think people wonder is how how soon should I allow somebody into my sexual past? Mm. Like, yeah, I'm about to 
be in a relationship? Is it like first date? Because th- there has to be truth. And, and I, I want to encourage people, if you're listening to this, yeah, do not get married until you have allowed um, an honesty about your mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Not saying there has to be details about yeah. every moment that you had, um, but I do think there has to be some level of trust. But I think people ask that a lot of like, hey, at what point do I allow somebody in? Because I do think that sometimes it can be too early. Oh, big oh, time. To allow people. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. so I don't know. What do you guys I mean, for Aaron and I, I've, I have a <clears throat> decorated history, I guess I would say, in this, both for my own stupidity and other things that happened to me in, in my life. And uh, I, I think I let Aaron know about it when – we, you know, like every couple when they start dating, they're like, oh, this could be the one. Like, you know, you start asking those like engagement marriage style questions. But then there's a moment where becoming engaged gets real. And you're like, oh, we're not just talking about this because it's fun or whatever. Like this is this is real. Like she's looking at rings and stuff. And I think once we had that moment of like we're we've dated, we've argued, we've fought, we've broken up, we've gotten back together. Like we've this isn't just some flippant relationship like this has some foundation to it we're talking about engagement very seriously um this is somebody that i guess even if this doesn't work out i feel like we have enough together to where i feel comfortable with them knowing this side of me and she deserves that before we take steps forward right because i do think there has to be a level of trust that um this trust takes time in a relationship But I I think what can happen, and people may disagree, but I think if you jump into that conversation too early where there's not trust and equity and there's not like, hey, I really value you as as a human being, you value me, Mm -hmm. where it's like your first couple of days, like I share all my stuff, you share all your stuff. Like, oh, so we've both done some things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It almost creates like an open door, I think, for you to go down some roads, cross some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think that sometimes it creates this like mindset of like, oh, so they've OK. So almost in a weird way of like we're in this we're on the same page. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I kind of look at them differently. I yeah. look at them in maybe more of a sexual light now. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's. Yeah. But no. I've, I've seen that before. People where it's like you, you had those conversations too early. Yeah. And now you're living that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And you can't really like what you said. Everyone's like so different. Like I know for you guys, you you probably waited longer than me and Conrad but I feel like we it's just yeah like timeline is so weird because like definitely not on the first date just like blah (laughs) word vomit um but yeah I know for me and Conrad it it took like trust but Mm -hmm. it was it still was relatively early early on in our relationship so um but I think the huge main common denominator in all of this is trust, what you were saying, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think what, what's important, too, though, is I, I, I tell people this a lot because they're like, hey, um, when should I tell tell this girl that I, I really love that I've or we're dating, we're getting mm-hmm. serious, that I've had multiple sexual partners? I'm like, well, whatever you feel like is best, think about it, pray about it. But just know that even though you have that conversation now, mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it won't be for sure an issue or a conversation once I you know. get married. Because look, oh yeah, you can tell someone you've been dating for three months. Hey, I have the sexual past, and they're like, oh, I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. But then you get when married, you have serious, sex, you wake up the next morning next to that person. Now you share something, and so I always tell people like, hey, look, just know that you might have to. Yes, you said it, but yeah. there 
there is a level of working through. And that's actually part of the consequence yeah. of us diving into. Grocery. I was talking to one of my mentors about this, and <laughs> she is the nicest person you will ever meet in your entire life, okay? So I just was like, when we were dating, I was just struggling through a couple of questions I was having about that. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, yes, I believe you, I receive you, all this stuff. And then I talked to this mentor. I'm like, I'm actually really mad about these certain things. And she said that she's like, when we first got married, I found any picture that my husband had with a female and burnt them. (laughs) And I was like, you are the nicest person I've ever met. And you did that. And so it also freed me up to be like, oh, like this does have lasting implications and you, it is a journey of like walking through and so to just like like I said word vomit and, and to like not really understand that like there's like implications and there's a journey to walk through together yeah yeah that yeah because you when you expose like your deepest wounds will be yeah. will be sexual wounds sure. and, and not just because I don't mean like just something really traumatic happened to you but every experience you have sexually marks you in like a good way or a bad way and i think like when you open up to somebody you're inviting them to come along your journey of healing yep and if that person doesn't want to walk down that road Mm -hmm. that things can get things can get weird yeah because you you've worked through it like yeah you may have had sex five years ago and you've worked through that in your own you feel like you have forgiveness but sometimes when you tell somebody it's like they might as well hurt hurt like you yeah. did, did that yesterday. Yeah. And so you have to, on the other side, have a lot of grace for that person to walk through that process of yeah. of healing and understanding. And it almost takes you back a little bit of like, yeah. do I trust this person? You know, so yeah. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's a good segue to this because because we we kind of see this a lot um, within young adults and young adult relationships. Is sort of this idea. If I'm in a committed, loving relationship with somebody and we're like exclusive then isn't it my right to decide who I share my sexuality with? Kind of, kind of going along those lines of when do when not only when do I share my past, but if I'm if we're committed, if we love each other and we're exclusive, then isn't it my right to decide when I can share my present sexuality w- yeah. with somebody? And it's it's kind of weird, like you know we. We minister to a lot of people that are in their 20s. They've got, you know, an adult job. You're making like a legit income. You have your own place. So much of your life is this independence. Um, But then there's still this, as a follower of Jesus, this requirement, this this desire to hold on to your sexuality till you share it Mm -hmm. with somebody in the covenant of marriage. so, so why is that? If if I'm in a if I'm in a committed relationship with somebody. Why do we as pastors advise you not to just share that with whoever right. you think is best? Yeah, and I, I think people allow themselves to get to a place where it's like, hey, we've been in a relationship for a long time. We love each other. We're probably going to get married. And so you almost feel entitled to to engaging in, in sexual behavior with, with, yeah. that, with that other person. And it's almost like, yeah, it's like this is almost my right. And mm-hmm. as loving as possible, can I say it is not your right? in the slightest like you until you are married you have no right to her body you have no right to his body you are not one flesh um scripture says that when we come into the covenant of marriage like and and we enter in that covenant in that sexual covenant like we become one flesh um and and it is not your right to that person's body um and even, even when you get married saying that i have a right to your body 
that's not entirely true either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm married now, so you have to have sex with me or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's a whole nother rabbit trail. But I think that a lot of people feel, okay, we're committed. We love each other. We're old enough now. We're going to be married. It's okay for us to have sex. Mm-hmm. I would really disagree with you. And, and here's why. is because you're allowing physical intimacy to be something that is leading in your relationship. And you're almost allowing the cart to be come before the horse. Mm-hmm. Because reality is when you get married, physical intimacy will sometimes take a backseat in certain seasons of life after pregnancy or, yeah. or a certain whatever. And so what happens is oftentimes you get into marriage, you had great physical intimacy before marriage. You get married, physical intimacy is taken for a moment. You have n- no foundation yeah. backing mm-hmm. your relationship. You don't have spiritual intimacy or emotional intimacy and so I think that's what we'd say to people is like, look, fight really, really hard in this season of life to, to engage in, in spiritual intimacy and in emotional intimacy, mental intimacy, um, because once those are there, then physical intimacy is far better. It's yeah. far more enjoyable. Yeah. Same, same with marriage. It's like, yeah. man, when, when you're connecting emotionally, mentally, spiritually, yeah, sex is 10 times better. You know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I love what uh, John Mark Comer says this in, in his book. I've referenced this book so many times, and I it's just a love good it. Book. Loveology, it's a good read it. Um, you're probably if you if you've re- started reading it from the first podcast, you're probably at the page I'm at. Um, but he says this like that he meets with young adults all the time, young people in their church, <clears throat> and he really challenges this idea of a lot of people say, "Well, I love her, and this is my or I love him. This is my way of." expressing my love um and he says i'm not sure i agree i think you lust her that's different love is about giving lust is about getting um and i just thought that was so powerful that thought and um then he kind of backs it up with scripture and talks about like the corinthians and how they um really struggled in this area that's like what's the big deal like they would have like sex with prostitutes and they're married and had families and they're like, this is just a part of our culture. Like, what is the big deal? Mm-hmm. And then that's when Paul says like, avoid all sexual immorality. <clears throat> and, um, I actually, let me find the, um, this, the exact scripture, but anyways, um, Oh, here, here we go. Paul writes the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Um, and then it, he talks about like pornea, which is, Anything outside of your marriage, like any sexual experience, including like <clears throat> pornographic, um, <clears throat> is what God doesn't want. And then he says, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? And then he quotes Genesis, for it is said to become one flesh. And he says that sex is about two people becoming one. Um, and <clears throat> I love that, you know, the Bible makes it very clear that having a sexual experience with anyone is very bonding and it should be that way (laughs) like there sex inside marriage is such like a force it's not the main thing like what you said like there's times where you know (laughs) there there's that you're not going to always have this incredible insane experience with your significant other but it does it makes you like look over their wrongdoings and it makes you like I don't know, like have a deeper love for that person. And um, that is like how God designed it. It's supposed to work inside marriage and bond you together. Right. And so when people say it's just physical, I'm like, mm, I disagree. I it, yeah. it, I think 
I think you're confused. Yeah. There's, uh, I actually, this is probably one of the biggest things that I hear when I challenge people in their in their relationships is, hey, like we're committed, we love each other, we're exclusive. Yeah. It's my decision. It's my yeah. body. It's my decision on who I share it with. And again, I like kind of like Andrew. I would I would absolutely disagree with you. And this is what I would say. Um, kind of to go back in First Corinthians it, yeah. six. It, 17 through 19 says this. It says, He who un unites himself with the Lord is one in spirit. It says, Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin somebody commits is outside of their body, but those who sin sexually sin against their own body. And, and this is what people would say. Well, why is it a sin if I choose to do it? I love this person and I'm exclusive. Yeah. The Bible says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit first, who is in you, whom you have received <clears throat> from God? And then it says this, mm -hmm. You are not your own. And so... This is, my, this is going to sound really harsh, but I, I kind of want to say this to people that really struggle with this, is you do not have to follow Jesus um, in your sexuality, but I don't understand why you would want to say you're a follower of Jesus, but yeah. then continue to do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Because you're I'm sure you find yourself, I mean, I, I is you, I was you at one point, genuinely, where I love Jesus, I wanted to be saved, but I totally um, <clears throat> like orchestrated my own yeah. life, my own sexuality in my own way, and I lived in torment in my soul for such <clears throat> a long time. And so you kind of have to make this decision of if you think that it's your body and you have the right to use it however you want, right. that's fine. That, yeah. that is your choice. But the Bible offers a different perspective that when you say yes to following Jesus, even your physical body yeah. has a way that honors him and right. following him. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's this that's this like friction that we constantly see people rubbing up against mm -hmm. when it comes to this area is I love Jesus. I love coming to church. I want to be saved. I, I, I love this idea of grace and forgiving of my sin. But wait, you're telling me that there is actually a way that I can orchestrate myself, that I can conduct my life that also honors God? Right. And yeah. I think that's where we see this big rub is if you're in a committed, loving relationship with somebody, the first attribute that Paul gives love is patience. Mm -hmm. It's not that love yeah. is love is indulgent. It's love is patient. Long-suffering. Yeah. yeah. And so I would actually say if you're in a committed, loving relationship with somebody, you would be patient in this area because you know how bonding, how beautiful this experience can be and how wounding it can also be when it's used inappropriately. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my rant. That's my little soapbox when it comes no, that's, to that. Yeah. I, I think that. it's really good. And I think it's, it's all about like building foundation. Like you, you, if you really love this person, then you'll love them enough to not walk down that road. Because the reality is, is that if you think of it as like a as a house, mm -hmm. to me, the, the sexual experience is like the roof. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it kind of puts puts like a I don't know a roof on top of it. So I think that like it's a lot of these other ways is like building a foundation. And, yeah. And we talk a lot about that in your 20s. Like your 20s is about um, the foundation of the house, not about the structure of the house. And so yeah. I think that. Um, these are all the things. If you really love this person, if you really want a healthy, strong marriage, then I think that you build a foundation. And I just think too that we live in a culture that, like, 
we always say the culture now, it's been the culture for thousands of years, but yeah. where you don't have to deny yourself of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you want, you can get. If you want money bad enough, you can figure out how to get it. Like if you want sex, substance, whatever, you can, you don't have to not deny yourself of anything in this culture. Mm-hmm. So to follow a, a, a Jesus that says, if you want to follow me, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not making you follow me. But if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, then you will deny your flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pick up your cross and follow me. And so I think that that's, that's a lot about relationship and even in marriage is denying your flesh. Mm-hmm. Saying, all right, God, how do you want my relationship to be? I'm going to do it your way in your timing. And I'm going to deny a lot of the fleshly things. Because the reality is we all know is that when we indulge in our flesh, we usually find ourselves in a place of like, Crap. Yeah. 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 Feel tension in our soul. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get to choose, but we all know deep down inside when we choose God's way, mm-hmm. life just usually functions a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Can I throw this question out there? It it's not necessarily on our little script, but I'll take a cue from you earlier. <laughs> um, if somebody's in a committed, loving relationship, they're exclusive. Um, I guess why do we think that Jesus cares so much? about who we sleep with because sort of the the Christian narrative, the, the disciple of Jesus narrative is this really matters. And the cultural narrative since the beginning of time is mm-hmm. this doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Why do we put such an emphasis on the importance of this being exclusively in marriage? It's a really good question. <clears throat> and I don't know why I'm really fascinated by the life of Solomon and he was like the wisest guy um, in history. Like the Bible says that he was so wise. He had anything he wanted, women, money, power, wealth, knowledge, anything. And um, at the end of his life, he's kind of giving a charge to, I think his son, maybe the next heir. And he talks about how stay away from the power of women. And so I'm just like, why? And 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 he knew, like towards the end of his end of his life, like if you study Solomon, <clears throat> it was women that was his like Achilles heel. Like he couldn't stay satisfied with one woman, and so he had to get all these wives different of different religions and beliefs. And then he's at the end of his life telling his son, "Don't do that." And why? Exactly your question. Like, why would he say that? Of all things to say, obviously he said more things, but why would he say that one thing? Like, be careful for the woman in the night. And I think it's because there's like a deep dissatisfaction that God knows that our hearts can wander and be um, just not content. And I mean, I'm from that question, I'm definitely going to go back and myself study why he said this to his son. But I think it's like very unique that this part of our lives, Jesus talks about a lot, Paul talks about a lot, Solomon talked about, and I personally think it's so that God loves family. Like from the beginning of time, Jesus, God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they made a family unit, operate one woman, one man, kids to go out in life and flourish. And I think that the enemy's plan has always to separate family. And I think what Solomon knew when he was writing to his kids was like, man, all these women got 
involved in my life. I had kids with all these different women. And there was like a huge rip apart of family and horrible um, fighting and discontentment. And I just think that God loves unity and to like practice sexual purity and to love one person the rest of your life is just what God wants and for your life, that there's harmony, that there's peace, that there's like favor and love. And so I'm definitely going to study that though. So thank you for bringing that question up. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Yeah. Theologian Connor. (laughs) I'm far from a theologian. Um, Does Jesus really care who I sleep with was, was sort of the summary of my, my question. Does he and why? I think God, first off, God made things to be enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading First and Second Timothy a ton, and he's talking about with with money specifically in this situation. But he just says like, like all things are given to us to enjoy. So I think one God God gave us sex to enjoy. It mm-hmm. feels good. It's supposed to. <laughs> um, but I, I think Jesus really cares because marriage which in God's mind is the only safe place for sex is the strongest picture he ever gives us of how he cares for us. Right. Yeah. And this is going to sound so weird, but in a physical relationship, the deepest you can ever know somebody physically is to have sex with them. Um, you can know them emotionally, you can know them you know, spiritually, or you can understand how they think, but there's no greater connection to a person um, and having sex with them. And I think that it's just this representative of the depth that God knows us and wants to remain faithful to us and only us mm-hmm. is a picture of of marriage. Like, and, and I think that Jesus cares so much because when we distort the unity of, of sex with one person, um, we paint this weird picture to the world and also in our own mind and conscience of... I can I can be known deeply and then abandoned. I can be known deeply and then abandoned. I can be known deeply and then somebody can leave me. Mm-hmm. And God is like, I will know you deeply and I will never leave you. I'll know yeah, you deeply good. and there's nothing you can do that will ever separate yourself from me. And it distorts not just our view of other people, but how God deeply cares for us. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Jesus really cares about who you sleep with because it's giving you this false sense of you can be really known and then let go of like yeah, that. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I really know you and I'll never let go of you. Kind good of perspective. Thing. No, that's great. Um, so let's <laughs> hard transition. Weird, weird transition here. Um, we we kind of want to get through some of these because I think these, this will be relevant to you all, especially when it comes to the world of dating. Um so often in our lives, I'm sure all of us have heard this phrase or, or from people, um, we've been in a relationship for a while and we're going to get married soon, so we're going to move in together. <clears throat> or we've been together for three years, four years, whatever. We're practically married. There's this idea of, like, I can be dating so long mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm practically married. Yeah. And I guess, in your all's opinion, is there a danger to the mindset of practically married and not literally married. Is there any warning that you would give a couple that has been together for a while and their mindset is, well, we've been dating for X amount of years and we live together or whatever. We're practically married. Yeah. 
is there is there like misconception that can be within that mindset and what what is that <laughs> you know? yeah yeah because then get married and you'll see that you weren't practically married <laughs> yes uh, yeah I, I I was talking with somebody they they were about to get married and they were like you know we just we've been through so much already where I just feel like our first year of marriage is just gonna be it's gonna be like <laughs> wait because we've already dealt with so much stuff yeah. Oh, what, what you have waiting? <laughs> well, I talked to him three months later. I'm like, like, yeah, you were right. You know, because I yeah. told him, like, look, I I understand that that you can feel like you're practically married, and so let's let's share the same bank account. Let's um, let's let's maybe like move in together, or maybe not move in together, but I leave every morning at six a.m., which is living together. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not dummies, and neither are you. All right. Um, but I, I do think there there's a danger in in playing house before you're really actually married. I'm just telling you, like you, you wake up that next morning after being married and things just change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why like the whole like living together, did you guys talk about that last week? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That's why I think like living together before you're, you're, you're married is so, so dangerous. I've even heard secular people, mm-hmm. uh, secular sex therapists were like, yeah. do not move in before yeah. you get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because you're, you're practicing, um, you're practicing being able to like divorce or leave somebody. Like yeah. you're you're living together before, and you're like, I'm over this. I'm just gonna move out. Well, you're practicing, like when you get married. Yeah. Those kind of things make it easier for you to be like, peace. Yeah. Out. And yeah. if you're a believer, and you're trying to live a life of purity, and you're practically married, so you're living together, you're doing. You're probably going to cross a lot of boundaries that mm-hmm. God is very clear of. Don't cross. So, I do think there's there's a danger. Like you're not practically married, even when you're engaged. You're yeah. not married. You're not married. Yeah. And and honestly, don't skip those steps because they're beautiful. There's yeah. so mm-hmm. fun. Hopefully, mm-hmm. this will be the last person that you date. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this will be the last time you get engaged. This will be your last wedding. <laughs> yeah. Not your first and last. And so, I we see that all the time. People like rushing these steps. I'm like, dude, being engaged is so fun. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. It's interesting. I, I knew there was a statistic out there, but there's an article written by The Atlantic, whatever that is. I'm currently looking at it, but it's called The Science of Cohabitation. Um, and it says this. It says, the science of cohabitation is largely carried toxic for marriage warning labels. Uh, it cites a couple of these things, and it says, it seems that everybody tends to move in together with their significant other, but science, this is a non-Christian article, has told us how hardly wrong that idea goes. Since the 1970s, study after study has found that living together before marriage could significantly undercut a couple's future happiness and lead to divorce. On average, research concludes that couples that live together before they're married see a 33% higher rate of divorce than those that waited to live Mm -hmm. together until they say, I do. And they honestly don't really know why this happened specifically, but they said, uh, I remember reading this in preparation for this. Um, it says, part of the problem is that cohabitors, they quote unquote, slide into marriage, not giving it much weight or consideration. Mm-hmm. Instead of making a conscious decision saying that this is the person that I love, will share my life with together, um, will share a dog, a dresser, et cetera, et cetera. They simply kind of blend into living together slash marrying together and find no distinctive um, intentional decisions to be with this person, which then leaves the door wide open for people to feel mm-hmm. the right to leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a real thing. Uh, not, ladies, 
Hear me. If the guy loves you, he wants to get married, he won't put an apartment key in your hand. He'll put a ring on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reality is, is, is yeah. you, you yeah. see this probably all the time where and someone may be listening. You moved in with the person. But it now, what what does that what does that guy have anything? He's like, no one, yeah, yeah. She's here. Like, <laughs> there's there's nothing pushing him, mm-hmm. like to to get engaged and to actually. So, I I just think that I, I've really never even seen it. Even watch the show Friends. Yeah, you know, every time that they move in together, it never works out well. <laughs> I guess Chandler and uh, Monica worked out, but you know that's an anomaly. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you can delete that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, what just female perspective? Do you think, as a girl, do you feel like there, what's what's enticing about playing married, being practically mm-hmm. married, and then do you feel like that from a from a girl's perspective can almost like take advantage of you emotionally and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I was actually talking to my dad about this like when we were a long time ago, and um, I just remember my dad saying he's like. You know, when you're dating, especially if you like you move in together, it's like, oh, whatever you want, I'm here to serve you. And you put your best foot forward. And then you kind of are like your second year, like, I don't really want to do the dishes with your mac and cheese stuck to this plate for the hundredth time. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. And, but then if you're living together and you're like, eh. This isn't actually not what I signed up for. And then he's like, well, you actually did all this for me at the beginning. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. It just sets up this like like what you were saying. It's exactly like I'm committed. Ah, just kidding. I'm not because now my best foot's not forward. Yeah. And whereas I think like that um, I know for myself, like before I was like married, that specialness of even this sounds so stupid, but brushing our teeth together in the morning was something that I held like really sacred. I'm like, I only want to do that when I'm married. (laughs) So dumb. Um, But I just, I wanted those like little like moments of life to be enjoyed in marriage because I, I don't know. I just feel like those, it sounds so stupid, but I do think like God is a God of moments and memories and to have all those moments and memories when your relationship's quote unquote good and then you get married, and then you're like, eh. Like, there's sometimes I'm like, Conrad, uh, I don't really want to serve you in this way anymore. When it, I would, I mean, I would go over when we were dating. I would fold his laundry. I would clean his apartment with his roommate, and do all these things. And then in marriage, I'm like, oh shoot. I did. What was Aaron doing? <laughs> I, I still do his laundry, but you know what I mean. Like, it just creates like a habits of like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I want to get to this. I know we've been going for a little bit, but this, this is a question we've actually been asked quite a bit. And I think it's a sad reality, but you can be in a very serious relationship and it cannot work out. Um, you can break up, call it quits, whatever you want to say. And I think honestly, that that's probably the biggest reason for not having sex and not moving in is because there's there's this reality where you can call it quits and there's no love lost. There's no, you know, fighting mm-hmm. over money or who gets what, whatever. Um, but one thing we actually get asked quite a bit is, let's say we both love each other. We've been in a relationship for a while, but something happens and we just don't see a future together. Um, what are some reasons a couple should break up? And does every breakup have to be messy or is there still a way 
to be friends, I guess, like, is there a way to, to break up well? You, you know, can you date well? And then if you don't see it going anywhere, can you, can you break up well? Yeah, I, th- I think breakups are devastating. We've all been through them. I mean, um, even being a youth pastor for almost a decade, Whitney, mm-hmm. you, you know, you talk to, mm-hmm. to students who go through breakups. And um, I, I always, with students, had to, like, allow myself to go back into their shoes and not be like, whatever, you're just a teenager. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when you when you feel like you love somebody and your heart, like, it breaks. Yeah, uh, It yeah. hurts, man. And so, like, if you're experiencing that, like, let us validate you that, like, what you're experiencing, you're not just some crazy... Mm-hmm. Like, no, it hurts. Um, I just, I think the reality of it is, and you probably know we're going to say this, is how well you date is usually how well the breakup goes. Because um, if, if you date and you you try to date right, you date with vision, you date with boundaries, uh, you date uh, with a level of trust involved, and then you just get to the place where it's like, this just isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe one person feels that, whatever, so it still hurts. Yeah. Um, but there's a level of like, Okay, I, I can move past this. But if you date wrong, you're sleeping together, you're fooling around, there's no trust. Mm-hmm. Man, that breakup is detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. not only that, is you usually will find yourself going back to each other a lot. Mm-hmm. The people who dated well and just break off because it's like this just isn't working. Yeah. You usually don't find themselves coming back to each other. The people who didn't date well, every time yeah. there's a lull in my yeah. relationships with people, guess who I'm texting? Yeah. I guess who I'm liking their picture yeah, because they're going to see that I like their picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it creates this really, really Weird ugly, thing. almost manipulative. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think that if, you've, if you're dating someone right now, you guys have dated really, really poorly, and you know you're about to break up, mm-hmm. just know it's probably not going to be the cleanest <laughs> breakup in the world. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just the reality, and it's the consequence of us going against um, – what, what I think God calls us to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are, do you think that there are some reasons that couples should break up? Um, like if, if you're in a serious relationship right now and you're just not sure, uh, are there any reasons that come to mind where you'd be like, hey, th- these might be, these might be reasons for you to consider. Like maybe this isn't the person I want to share the rest of my life with. And you're saying if uh, there's a healthy relationship there, yeah, like, like you're you, like, oh, you, we're not crossing boundaries. We're yeah, not. yeah, like it's not a toxic relationship. You guys genuinely care about each other. Like, but are, are there any signs of like, hey, yeah. this this might not be okay? I have one. Okay. Um, <laughs> that honestly, chemistry. Like, if you don't look at him and you're like, I. I actually want to jump on you right now. Wow. Then maybe, honestly, though, I don't know. I I just really challenge people on that because I'm like, oh, yeah, like that is a really big part of marriage, too, is like I really like how you look. Is that bad to say? Well, no, I I think if you're like – you look like a butt. You're like, <laughs> why, why, why would I want to like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not attractive, physical attraction. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one girl I've met with and That's she. <laughs> My wife be sitting here right now be like, yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> you look like a butt. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. Like there's, I have a friend that she was like, everything is clicking. We agree on a spiritual level. Yeah. And she's like, I just really don't like how he looks. And I'm like, ooh, that is a big red flag. You kind of need to like how the person looks. And not in like a, oh, my gosh, I need a very Brad Pitt. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're not saying don't. 
they can't have flaws because, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're looking for someone who's flawless, take a look in the freaking mirror. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. I got some issues. You know? there's, a, there's a story that I heard from a pastor that said that he knew a guy who uh, married this girl and she was really ugly, but she could sing. And, you know, late at night, they were laying in bed together and she rolled over and she was like, hey, babe. And he was like, sing, baby, sing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but real talk though, like I always, singing was always so attractive to me. Uh huh. And so, like, I remember dating a girl <laughs> and we were at church together. <laughs> she, she was a horrible singer. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like, it's so, it's, but I, I do think that God kind of like yeah. instills some things in you because, like, I, I wanted to have a family who, who worshiped. I wanted to have a family who, like, engaged in, in musicianship. And so, like, my, because yeah. I grew up in that. And so, finding out, my wife, Jericho, who's a great singer. Uh, I don't know. This is so funny because I feel like we could go down so many rabbit trails. I know. But I, I do think – I want to tell one story, but I, I really shouldn't because I feel like people would judge me so harshly. So I'm I'm going to – I'm going to uh, refrain. So um, – Is there a reason couples should break yes, up? Yes. We went so off the rails. I, I do think that, like, there is a level of, of where you guys stand spiritually. Like, I think the unequally yoked – can can mean someone who's not a believer and, and and someone who is, but I also think that that sometimes you're at a place spiritually that um, you're walking down a path where I think that sometimes that person that's like so far behind and you feel like you're dragging them along in the spiritual journey. Um, if you heard anything from our five minute <laughs> rant a second ago, at least hear that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that like hey judge yourself because you might. Here's marriage is mm-hmm. one season one spouse is spiritually on fire and one's not and then it kind of switches and but I, I think it's at least something to to look at to be like okay do I what I hate people like they have such great potential mm-hmm. don't date like, potential no you're not looking for someone that has great potential mm-hmm. like you're dating someone that you feel like equally yoked with mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's that's important. I'm not saying that, like, drop someone because they don't read the Bible as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to feel like there's a level of, of spiritual connection. Yeah. You know? and, and real quick, before before we wrap this one up. Um, <laughs> I feel like I need to justify myself. No, Can no, I have, like, no, two more done. seconds? No, Afterwards. no. <laughs> um, but but I, I want to talk about this, too, because I think, I think there's this is kind of the heart of a lot of this question is, what does it mean to be unequally yoked to break up? Because I think a lot of times we use that in the in the sense of you're a believer and they're not a believer, which I think is you should break up. We talked about yes, that 100%. last week. If you're no a believer and they're yeah. not a believer, break up. Um, that's not us talking. That's God talking. <laughs> <laughs> but but there, I, I think what you're saying is is – a qu- the question that is bouncing around in so many people's minds is unequally yoked doesn't necessarily mean you're a believer and they're not. You just can be on two different pages of your faith. Right. And not that just because somebody's newer to the faith makes them less than or, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's just so much left for them to discover about who God's calling them to right. be. What if what if God totally shifts their career? What if he totally sh- – you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. can you just – I guess double down real quick on that idea of you might be further along or you might be more behind right. and that's okay. It doesn't mean, mean right or wrong. It just means different season, right person, wrong time or something like that. Right. Well, the yeah. reality is if you're unequally yoked, what it means is you're dragging that person around. 
<laughs> so, so like in, in, in the Bible, yoke was a, a contraption that went over to animals. And as long as the animals were, were the same, holy <laughs> sorry, I just hit my mic. As long as those two animals, <laughs> we're sorry, we're really now. But as long as those animals were equal strength, they would plow in the same direction. Yeah. And if there one wasn't, then one would. Uh, pull the one in the opposite direction. I need to justify myself. Or else we're gonna keep <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, okay, so going. I do feel like that's what happens when you see this. Like I'm always the one inviting him to church. I know yeah. that he loves Jesus, but where's where's your boyfriend at? Oh, he he didn't feel like coming today. What's you know? So I just think that there's. There's a level where if you feel like you're dragging somebody around mm-hmm. and you're always trying to get them to, to your love, like that just sucks, dude. Like in yeah. any any way, like if you feel that in finances where it's like, man, I really believe in like the stewardship of finances and giving and tithing and stewarding our finances well. But my boyfriend like literally has no money in his account and literally buys Xbox games, you know, like this. And mm-hmm. you feel like you're constantly dragging this person to get to your level you just have to look at that and 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 yeah. ask yourself honestly, because if they're doing that now, they'll, they'll do it in marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, do I want to drag that along? Am I cool to drag that along for the next twenty five, thirty years? If mm-hmm. so, great. Yeah. Um, if the answer to that question is no, not really, then take a good look at that. Yeah. Sorry, guys, it took a long time to get there. <laughs> no, I think I think that we do get asked like, when do I know like we should break up? Is there a good reason? Whitney is strictly if you own, if you don't like the way they look. <laughs> no. and, and I think Okay, okay, has... give me give me two seconds. Okay. Okay. So if, if people are still listening right now, it, it is a it's a dumpster miracle. fire. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> If you listen to a podcast past this, God bless you cuz we we started so strong and it's just been a dumpster fire since. <laughs> okay, I don't I don't want to say like, oh yeah, only date people no, you're saying amazing. that's one aspect of it. Here's what I will say, and to make it really scripturally backed, is, okay, there's this version of love, I think it's called Dodd, and it's the type of love that you see someone, you're like, I want to have babies with you right now. And it literally, and if you don't believe me, read Song of Songs. It is like crazy stuff, like unreal passion chemistry. And I think a lot of the times, Christians can be like, oh, he checks all these boxes, but... I don't know if I can really get there like on a physical level. And I want to talk to those people and same same with boys too. And say it's that's like, okay. Oh. And you're not shallow if that's if that's real. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That's all I'm saying. Is that, that there is that form of love in scripture and, and done healthy, like having boundaries, whatever, that, that should be a part of your relationship. That's well, all I'm saying. Sometimes physical attraction. Mic drop. Yeah, it can be birthed out of um, somebody's talents or their abilities or their personality or their humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that there's a level of sometimes you may not be attracted to somebody because of some of those aspects, too. Where you're right. like, man, you're you're gorgeous, mm-hmm. but you're dumb as a box of rocks. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually really not all that attracted to you. So mm-hmm. people are probably judging us <laughs> hardcore right now, but... So I do think that there there is a level. It's being real. <laughs> uh, hey, we're being real. That's what oh yeah. Want. We all feel that. <laughs> yeah. We all feel that. If my wife was here right now, she'd be like on a rooftop. Oh, I'd be screaming. a queen to her right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hey, you know what? Maybe you won't hear this because we're gonna delete this out of the podcast. We'll, we'll <laughs> um. Well, I don't know what else to say. Uh. Yes. 
there's a way to break up well, but if you don't steward your relationship well, you probably aren't going to break up well. No, and that's why I like to to come back to the whole dating aspect. Like, this is so important, Mm -hmm. and it has to be taken seriously, just like everything in our life. Um, I just think that we're so flippant in how we go about it. I I said this in a a sermon last year, but a lot of us, we just kind of go searching for a feeling. And it's like, who who's going to make me feel the things that I want to feel? Because mm-hmm. everybody else that I've mm-hmm. been to, been with has always made me feel this way. But this person makes me feel this way. And I've yeah. never felt this before. I've always wanted to feel this. Mm-hmm. Um, this this person um, feels like gaps in my soul that like nobody else has ever been able to. You know, so I just think that we have to be careful that we have to be able to press pause um, when, when we really start to like somebody. Be like, okay. Get back, get outside of your feelings for a moment and actually have some like real, real vision and some real clarity and pray about your relationship. Like if you're in a relationship with someone that you're serious about, you're not being some like weird psycho Christian crazy yeah. girl that's like sits there and prays or even fasts about your relationship. Like this is a big stink. This is potentially the father of your children, the wife of your children. This mm-hmm. is the person that you're going to grow old with. This is the person that you're going to say, um, push come to shove. When you're really struggling and you lost your job or you're dealing with depression or you just you're had a child and your body looks different and you're mm-hmm. postpartum, that I'm still going to fight to love yeah. you. Yeah. So this isn't like some joke. And I know like we've had some fun laughing today, but like this is this mm-hmm. is so serious. Yeah. Because if the enemy can destroy your marriage, what that does to your kids, what that does to your ego, what that does to like your, your calling, God can work through all that. Um, but man, you can really derail a lot of things in your life when you get linked up with the wrong person and not only get linked up with the wrong person, but you, but you engage in a relationship with them mm-hmm. poorly. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is really serious. And I, I, this is, I don't know. So, and only date people if they're really hot. According <laughs> no. to it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hopefully you can take all those ingredients that we gave you and make Minus something a couple. out of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take some out, add a little more of the good in, and, <laughs> and you can figure something out of that last 10 minutes of this podcast. But, um, guys, any final thoughts? Or I'm, done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. All right. I'm done, well, guys, here's the thing. We love you here at YA. We want you to date. We want you to date well and have amazing, uh, thriving relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I know we obviously didn't cover everything when it comes to dating both last week and this week. And so I would encourage you, um, follow us on social media. Yes, that's a shameless social media plug, but we are also going to do a podcast solely dedicated on answering all the questions we've received. Honestly, probably close to 100 questions or so about, you know, marriage, dating, sex, singleness, all that. And we've got a podcast coming specifically dedicated to those. And so there's things you heard today. Maybe you wanted us to talk more about, less about, or something we didn't (laughs) talk about at all. Send that in and we'll be sure to to cover it. And so um, thank you for tuning in on whatever, uh, in whatever way you listen to this, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend and come back next week because we are going to talk about SEX Sex, sex, sex. Let's talk about. Is there a.
talking about sex we'll next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in and bear with us. Join us again next week. We love you. Love y'all. Bye. Peace. Bye.